Hello, happy people. Welcome to the Profitable Happiness Podcast. Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Pillay with the Profitable Happiness Podcast. And today, oh boy, I have two of my new favorite friends who both live here in Austin, Texas. Actually, (laughs) but actually happen to be not just because they're close here physically, but these guys are powerful new authors of the book Levers. And I just can't wait to learn all about that. And then we get on this podcast and I discover you guys are like musicians too. Oh my gosh, we're going to have a band. I mean, this is crazy. But anyway, um, welcome Amos and, and, and um, um, Trevor. It's, it's, it's just a pleasure to meet you guys. First of all, how are you doing here in Austin, Texas with me? <laughs> Yeah, th- thank you so much. What an awesome introduction, man. I, I, we've been looking forward to this, and this, this is going to be super, super cool. Uh, I don't know. I'm having an awesome day. It's, a, it's a beautiful out. Um, getting to hang out with you guys. This is super cool. Yeah, no. I just found out. I just started jumping. I just found out that, it, that we're starting a new band, so I'm, I'm jazzed. I'm, <laughs> I'm excited. Talk, talk, talk about profitable happiness. When the video <laughs> turned on and, and I saw Amos's five guitars and drum set. I was like, somebody else has more than one guitar? <laughs> I'm like, this is amazing. But anyway, let's talk about the big problem that levers your book as well as your business solves, right? Because I want to see if we can tune in on that problem and kind of come back to that so the viewers and the listeners can really know how we can help them in this call. Um, what big problem would you say that you're addressing with your book and your business? Um, I'll jump in first and I'll, and, and I'll let Trevor, Trevor fill in the gaps that I will inevitably miss. Uh, I, the thing that we believe we're solving is that there, it is, we believe that the, that it is very possible for many more entrepreneurs and, and creators to build the vision that they believe that they can see in their mind but that that there aren't great tools out there that take them through the essential parts of the process to figure out, first of all, is the thing that they are envisioning in their mind actually achievable and how to achieve it. And so, you know, I think what, you know, what we've done with the book is we've taken, you know, quite literally um, years and, and hundreds of companies worth of experiences and boiled it down to, the, the essential pieces that every business creator needs to go through, period. And that's not to say that the work is easy. It is really, really hard work, but we've tried to deliver it in a way that is easy to understand so that you know the hard work you're about to embark upon. Because sometimes, and this is okay, you go, holy crap, this is going to be really hard. This is more than I bargained for. I'm not into it. I, yeah, I want it to happen. I'm going to go find someone else that's doing it. I'm going to latch on to them. That's totally cool. Or, yeah. okay, now I know what I need to go do. Now I got to go, you know, get my, you know, my shovel and start digging. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 That's right. I'm just going to say the big, the big problem is the gap between vision and tactics. And, yeah. and for us, the, the way to bridge that gap is through a metrics driven strategy. So the goal of what we do within the book and 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 in our business and other places is to enable people to build out that metrics driven strategy and then execute on it. 
You know, and what I love about your book, right, immediately just from the cover and, and the title is the idea of the metaphor of levers. I mean, think about leverage. That's like taking a small input and creating a maximum output. Uh, so I can't wait for us to talk about the details. Um, I'm big on those kinds of analogies. In fact, in my book, Social Velocity, which you can see over there, um, it's the same kind of thing where velocity is so much more than speed. So I can't wait for to hear how you guys are implementing levers as a metaphor. Okay, let's talk about how you got here. Like, what is your hero's journey? How is it that two talented musicians Cool guys, can I say that? <laughs> how you did can you say it. We can't say you, it. You can't can say that, right? How is it that how is it that you guys showed up and became the people that we want to follow to solve this problem? Yeah, I'm hey, gonna you to start. Are you gonna are you let me kick it off? Okay, sounds yeah. good. So we uh, we met in the Austin kind of startup scene, uh, the, mm -hmm. the sort of business building scene. So that's how we originally got connected to each other. We've worked together now for, for several years at, uh, at the accelerator program Techstars and then in our, a business that we, we run uh, called RetroCause in addition to that. And uh, sort of our own individual hero's journeys are probably a little bit different. So I'll let each of us kind of articulate how we each got here. Uh, and, uh, and maybe I'll jump ahead and say, sort of, how did we get here on this problem? Um, and how did we get here to start working on this idea of bridging the gap between vision and, and tactics together? And, and actually, we refer to this story in the book, but, but to me, the, the anchor moment was we were out uh, at, I think we were at a bar on, since it's, uh, since we've got some Austinites here is on, on West Six um, for yeah. an event and we're having a conversation and, and I asked Amos, I said, Hey, you know, you've been a, a part of a handful of really, really successful companies. What is it? Right. And, and a couple, right. They weren't as successful, like, like all of us already right? been in the game for a little while. Uh, what is it that made the difference between what was successful and, and what wasn't? And, and he said an answer that really stuck out in my mind. And I think that has, has been a good uh, touch point for us and all the work that we do. And the answer was in every business that succeeded, I could see how we were going to succeed ahead of time. I had mm. a model of what the business would look like and the growth pattern to get there. And then we just executed on that. And for us, that idea of what is it, what is the sort of high level model that's, that's backed by metrics, right? Not just sort of pulled out of thin air, but actually built by the data of your experience to create this cohesive understanding of, of how the business works and then what are the key levers to move it. Mm. Wow. I, lo I love when I hear Tre Trevor say that because I, I remember the conversation and I remember the feeling that I had when I said it because no one had ever asked me before. So it was like, just sort of like what, it just sort of like what rolled off my, my tongue. But what I think I, where I think I would evolve that is while that is what I said, the things that we did were the things in this book. So wow. yeah, we had a vision of what we thought it would be, but we mm -hmm. never believed our own bullshit at all the success. <laughs> and the businesses that weren't as successful, we believed our bullshit, but we didn't try to back it up with data. And mm. so, you know, the, you know, going, getting back in tying this back to the book, which is how do you, know, you have a vision of what you think the, the future should look like, but getting there and drawing that map is really hard and, and trusting your instinct that that's the right direction is fine, but mm -hmm. data is the thing that should drive your actual direction or map building. Yeah. I, you know, I'm sitting here going, 
how can I agree more with you guys? <laughs> um, you know, I'll give you an example from my experience that I've actually documented as well. Apple used to be known as, uh, you know, the, the, the company that said, think different. And, you know, the, the charisma of their leader, you know, Steve Jobs and all that. And we thought that's what made them successful. Turns out what really made them successful was big data through behavioral economics. They could see what was working and what was not. And that is the key to the iPhone and the iMac and all this other stuff. A lot of people just think Steve Jobs, great charisma. It's, it's the data. So I couldn't agree with you guys more. But you know, on that note, give us a sense of some of the challenges that your, the people you help, the people who are going to read this book, some of the challenges, let's get into their mindset a little bit. What are the struggles that they have that your teaching and your work kind of helps to kind of move them away from and, and bring change for? I'll, I'll tell you, I'll start. I, I, there's a lot, right? And, and, I, yeah. and I say that only because like building a business is really hard. And, it's, you know, if it was just one thing, everyone could yeah. fix it. So yeah. it's a lot. But I'll say like one thing that continues to stand out for me over and over again. And I think it may have been Trevor who used these words first, but I like them and I use them a lot now. Mm -hmm. which is the difference between being um, metrics aware and metrics driven. A mm. lot of people think they're metrics driven when they're just metrics aware. Mm. And there's a, it's not a little nuance. It's a big nuance, right? It it's is. Between looking at lagging metrics to say I've been successful or leading metrics to say, I know the things that I need to do to unlock the next thing, which is we have a whole chapter, you know, it's part of the process and a whole chapter in the book that Trevor wrote on that. And I, I think again, when I look back at the difference between the successful and not successful businesses that I've been a part of, the believing your own bullshit was we were looking at lagging metrics and thinking them as leading metrics and they weren't and believing our own bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so powerful. Um, you know, I I'll let you uh, jump in, Trevor, if you have anything to add to that, but otherwise that sets up another question. So real quick, did you want to add more to that? No, that's great. Keep going. Okay. All right. Because I think you said it well. You know, the whole leading and lagging, and some people may not even maybe fully be aware of the nuance that you're talking about. So it's all in the book, of course. Um, it's all in the book. But let's shift a little bit to talking about what's in the book. So, of course, we've talked about the challenges of entrepreneurship, talked about kind of what the problem is. How exactly does Levers, right, your approach, your business, how do you bring change to the world? Do you have a five-step plan or a 12-step plan or what do you have? <laughs> we didn't, you know, we certainly didn't set out to, to create a five-step plan, but it turns out, right, what we've done is we created essentially what the book is, is five key workshops um, that are embodying uh, how we've practiced as entrepreneurs, and both of us are, are operators at heart, right, um, serial entrepreneurs and, and then investors after, uh, and it, it takes what we've done intrinsically um, within the businesses and embodies them or sort of puts them into practice um, in five key workshops, sort of five key steps along a cohesive framework. So the, what the book does is it takes each of those workshops and it, and it breaks it down chapter by chapter and, and puts into your hands exactly the kinds of questions and tools that you would need in order to understand that key part of the framework and to execute on it in your business. So really simply, you can think about those workshops as a, a series of five questions. So the first is, who is my customer? What are they buying from me and why? 
The second is how do I actually make money? In other words, like some people think of this as sort of what's my business model, but mathematically, how do I actually make money? Mm-hmm. The third is what should I do now? And, and what do I do after that? What should I do now and next? The fourth is how do I know if what I'm working on is working or not? And the fifth is what's my plan? Basically, how does all of that roll up into a cohesive model that I can test against and evolve as I go out and execute what I'm doing? That is so awesome. And, you know, just listening to you guys, I can tell that you're teachers and coaches at heart. Um, You you like to kind of take people, not just numbers, but people who have to interpret numbers and help them understand those things and move them forward. What are your favorite stories uh, of success? Um, Do you have any any things? You you don't have to share the names, of course, if you don't want, but maybe any examples you can give us of how someone went from, oh my gosh, I have no idea how to answer these five questions (laughs) to, boy, am I rocking right here. Okay. Do you have any any stories you can share? Amos, why don't you start actually with, with, uh, I think, business.com is an interesting example of that. And, and I think it starts at the first part of the framework, which is that, who is my customer? Yeah, so there, so we use this, we have a lot, we actually have a lot of stories and we've actually included some of those stories in the book to, to give it context. Um, but I think, I, I appreciate that Trevor. I think business.com is, is a good one because it, we didn't call it the process at the time, but in reflection, we ran this process. Um, and some of it was, I don't want to say created there, but was sort of born there. And some of it was borrowed there. So it, so the things that we, when I joined business.com, I think we were doing like seven or 8 million in revenue and it's been around for five or six years, but no, I had been doing that much revenue for, for a few years, but no idea how to grow. And there were sort of, there were two things that happened at the same time. Um, the, the thing that Trevor alluded to, which was, I took, when I took, when I joined, I took over all of sales and I would look at this thing and I'm like, okay, like we've got customers, we're getting paid, but like, who is our customer? And like, what are they actually buying from us? And why do they care? That was the birth of, the, of W3. And so my, I had a great director of, of sales, a director of sales under me, Kevin Gaither, who went on to build ZipRecruiter to what it is today from zero um, and use the same process there. We, we came up with this concept of W3 which we got the whole company to rally around, which was identifying who our customer was, what they bought from us, not what we sold to them and why they bought it from us. So we would deeply understand how to build, continue to build things that they gave a shit about. So that was the first thing that we did. And the second thing that we, we did was we hired a new, right at the same time, we brought in a new CFO who had come from an acquisition of PayPal. So he came out of PayPal, um, PayPal, maybe eBay. I can't remember. It was either PayPal or eBay, but he brought over. Well, him. both of them were related back in the day. Yeah, yeah, he brought over with him something they used there called revenue formula. And one of the very first things he did is he said, we don't have like, what is our revenue formula? Like there's something here, but like, we don't understand it. And he, he worked, you know, we, we sort of worked together, but he worked to figure that out for the company as the CFO of the company. Those two things went into place and were married together. And in that short amount of time, in about 18 months, we went from 7 million to 80 million and sold the company for 350 million. And it was, it was, so it was this process though. So we did those two things. We figured out our, who our customer was. We figured out how, what, how our business model actually worked. We used those things to figure out what our priorities were. And he had a different matrix than we use in the book. And I like what we use in the book a lot better, mm-hmm. um, but we had a matrix to prioritize 
then we knew who the owners were. So we, we were super metrics driven at that point. We used, you know, frameworks to figure out who owns what and how do you know if it's working? Mm-hmm. And then we use that to inform a business model or I'm sorry, a financial model. And we use that financial model around the business. It's exactly what the book is, except we've taken it and we've tried to distill it to a very simple way to understand the work to do. Wow. No, that's, that's awesome. In fact, um, in one of the things that you use to describe the book, you talk about the importance, not only of tactics, but also of vision. Now, you know, in, in the five steps that you shared so far, um, I'm wondering where vision fits in there. For example, you know, you probably know Simon Sinek's start with why. In fact, I have in my book, I have something called start with why, but it doesn't mean the same thing. It means why hire you? Why should people hire you? Right. But anyway, um, where does that? Yeah, I want Trevor to take this, but, but, but I will, I will lead in. We had a long debate about where to put this in the book. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we, we, uh, it's exactly right. We, we spent a long time figuring out as we were working with companies and then when we were actually crafting the book itself, the, where does this idea or, or um, you know, critical element of vision fit in and, and how might we be helpful to it? Uh, because a key part of the book is around driving action in the business based on data. So how do you increase your own clarity, your sense of alignment as a team and really control right, over what you can do through the data that you have in front of you. And vision is not like that, right? Vision is a, is a more uh, existential kind of a question, right? Softer. It's sort of anchored and exactly. It's, it's, <laughs> it's around what matters most to you. Equally as important, right? It's critical. If you don't have vision, you'll find yourself sort of chasing, you know, inputs that may never lead to anything because you don't have kind of that, you know, that, that anchor. So we knew we had to include it. We knew it was critical, sort of this fundamental foundational piece, but we also knew it was sort of not like the others, right? It's sort of different than the rest of the book. So we have a framework around how to, how to articulate your own vision. And uh, we call it sort of a cultural mission statement. So what's, the, mm. what's your sort of internal positioning? What's your, uh, what's your purpose for existing? And then what's your broader aspiration for how you're gonna change the world that you'll probably never actually get to. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was, uh, it's included by one of our co-authors, Cody, Cody Sims. And originally we had it as sort of like chapter zero in the book where like, before you can start, you should go here. And, mm-hmm. and it just didn't really work like from a structural perspective. So we, we put it in the appendix. So, so essentially what you have is like this five-step process that's, that's, you know, focused and anchored in, uh, in finding data, right. And becoming metrics driven. That's then supported by this vision exercise, um, assuming you don't have, you haven't done that work so far. So we wanted to give you a resource to say, hey, this is critical. Here's the resource to, to articulate that if you haven't yet. So in, in, in one sentence, if you could, when you guys are the, the, the two guys at the top of something like Google or you're b- building you know, uh, spaceships to Mars because you're going to be that successful. I just know it, right? <laughs> what is the one thing that you will say was the brand or the reason that got you guys to where you're going? What's your ultimate vision yourselves? I think there, I, I wonder how, how there are, you know, personally speaking, I wonder how similar they actually are. I, I know how they're aligned in, in, you know, the relationship to our business, but I think for, for me, I, the biggest joy that I get out of all the work that we do is, is helping people figure out how to build the things that they're seeing in their head. And I, I you know, I, I think for me, that's kind of it. Like I want to be able to make an impact on as many people as possible 
And, you know, along the way, if we can make a little money, that's great. I, I, I frankly, that, that is secondary in my mind, uh, you know, to the impact. We, if we can do that well, other things will fall in place. But, but if we can make a great impact on a massive amount of founders and also help a lot of founders, you know, avoid fucking up, like failing, um, that's, that would just be wonderful for me. So Trevor, in a little less colorful language, what's your vision? <laughs> we're, uh, we're lots of editing going to be happening in this, in this episode. No, no, we're, we're going, but you know, I just love the energy you guys bring. It's like, That's man, <laughs> musicianship so, energy. <laughs> here, in, in one sentence, what I would say is we want to build, uh, or, or let me rephrase it, actually, we want to help entrepreneurs identify the levers of control in their business and in so doing build the world they imagine mm. to me that's the that's the that's the dream right it is such a privilege to get to yeah. be an entrepreneur um and uh, to create something right, out of nothing and 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 you do it because you have this sort of burning unshakable compulsion right to create something that you see right? and, and other people might not see it right but but you see it and we want to give people the tools to be able to do that and to build that world. And, and to me, if, if I can come alongside or come underneath founders or, or business builders who want to do that, and I get to make that a little bit easier, what a gift. You know, I can't. I, I have to call something out, Doc. I love, one of the things that I love about my relationship with Trevor yeah. already He's very good with the words. <laughs> whatever, I, whatever I say, like, just like, let's point to him. He always says it so much better than I say it every time. <laughs> hey, you know, we need different sides of the brain in the business, right? You got these kinds of people, these kinds of people, everything's important. But, you know, I have to say that just as, a, as an outsider looking in, I just see power and beauty in the metaphor and the things you're talking about. I mean, look, so many people are out there selling the easy button. But you guys are saying, hey, wait a second. It's not about easy. It's about knowing your levers so you can move them, right? You can say, okay, I got to go into gear here and maybe pull this one back. But I know it's there. That's a real tangible lever I can, I can pull because I understand it and its metrics. So I think there's so much power in this. On that note, let's talk about my favorite topic, which is profitable happiness, okay? I look at you guys and I love to celebrate people who like me, to be honest, have found a way in this crazy world to take the things that make them happy. You can see my music. I can see yours in the background. Um, Trevor, I know you play guitar and you just didn't want to put your guitar in the background. I don't know why, but, <laughs> but you know, how is it that we've been able to find careers, as you said, um, you know, uh, Amos, doing what we love to do for people and somehow connect that to the path of profit. You know, if we can share for the founders or the entrepreneurs listening today, any tips or tricks for how they can begin to move in that path, that would be great. What's your view on profitable happiness? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's interesting that you, that, uh, that you call it that I, I had never called it that before, but I, I love it. Uh, you know, I think, I think for me, it was a little bit driven out of fear uh, when I was younger of not, you know, I think my, you know, I look at my, my parents, I have a great relationship with my, my parents you know, my dad worked his, you know, we grew I grew up pretty poor. And, you know, over the course of me growing up, I watched my dad work really hard. He wasn't an entrepreneur. He worked for a big company. You know, his belief was you work for a company for a really long time towards the end of his career. He experimented a little bit. None of those experiments really worked out and they retired just, just fine. 
Um, but a, a fear of really that, right? And when and like I, I give my founder story a lot at Techstars, and the very first thing I say is I don't identify as an entrepreneur and I didn't set out to be one. I have followed my passion and my heart and just figured I would let I would trust that the wind know, knew where it was blowing. And sometimes I forget that, but but for me, it has been about you know using my instincts to, you know, my 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 love of the thing things that I love and my instincts to guide me closer to them. That yeah. does not mean that they don't fall out of balance. And I would actually say that at times, even in the last six months, even the last three months, they have been wildly out of balance in one direction, but yeah. then identifying that and saying like, okay, like life is short. You know, it, regardless of what your belief is in, in after this body rides the earth, this body only gets one shot. So how do we make sure how do I make sure that I'm enjoying to the best possible degree every moment on, on this ride? And I try to remember that daily, honestly, and I don't, and I fail at it. I work at it all the time. Um, but I, that, you know, my mindset is around that. And so like, I was telling you this before we started, like I've been playing guitar for 30 years. I suck. But in the last six months, I've started to take it very seriously. I have a lesson in four, 20 minutes. Awesome. Uh, and, and I, you know, like, it, and I'm finding a new, you know, new invigoration and love around something that I kind of knew was there, but hasn't been there in the way that it is now. And, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, more things like that over life will, will pop up too, and keep us young. You know, and, yeah. you know, Trevor, I'm going to, I'm going to let you jump in, but I want to follow up on something you said um, about music. You know, the greatest joy I think recently in my life has been, I found a place for the thing I love, which is music in my business. Believe it or not, content marketing, which is what, what I, my, that's my world, content marketing allows you to take things like music that have nothing to do with your ideal client or business or anything like, and just put it in the mix of the things you do because that's what creates interest and continues to keep people, keep you top of mind. So I have to say that the, the happiness is not lost in business. We can all find ways, I think, to bring it in. But anyway, Trevor, what's your, your point? Yeah, right? yeah. The thing that I remember my father told me this when I was when I was young, and I don't know if this ended up being a good thing or a bad thing, but I but I do think it's a true thing. When I was saying what you know, when I was like in college and I was like, you know, I don't really want to get a professional job. Like I, I want to do something more creative. And he looked at me, he goes, I'm in sales. Sales is ridiculously creative. And he like used some examples. And I was like, oh, and what I've realized is, yeah, you know, being a being a business builder, being a, in a position like you have to seek out the creativity, but the, but yes, if you want to be successful, you have to be creative. And it's how you apply that creativity to whatever you're in. And I remember when he said it, I was like, you don't know what you're talking about, old man. But now that I'm an old man, I'm like, yeah, he knew exactly what he was talking about. Look, I couldn't agree with you more. In fact, it's arguable that leaders are artists. Anybody who's trying to solve a problem is a creative you're an, you're you're an, you're a musician dude you're an artist okay <laughs> so you know anyway trevor what do you think about profitable happiness i am learning a lot from this conversation and and i one of the things that i've heard and that i'm picking up on is this idea of taking what you're doing and actually infusing it with what you love right so and I think about this idea of profitable happiness or, or, or maybe one thing that I heard you say was sort of how do I take how I make money right, and combine it with what I love right, or what I love to do. 
And I think there are a couple of sort of dangers around that, you know, cha or challenges, I should say, right, in, in that world. And I think one way to solve for some of those challenges, which I'll, I'll name in a second, is to do exactly what you just said, like just focus on what you're doing, but find ways to insert what you love, because that's going to actually bring your fullest self to it, right? You're going to you're gonna be more creative, you're going to be more passionate, because you're engaging in these parts of you that are that are solving these problem, right, in, in a way that's, that's so much deeper. I, so I, I love all that. And it's, and it's really great. And I think one of the other the, the challenges that I've that I've often come across being in this sort of creative, early stage, right, startup company growth world is often you can start with a vision of what you want to build. And that vision is very much aligned with what you love, right? So you're, you're, you're trying to fuse your passion and, and making money directly. So you're saying, I'm yeah. going to make my passion, the thing I make money from. And, and often, right, if you're not careful, it becomes a recipe for a ton of disappointment, right? Because yeah. you're, you're packing so much of that, you know, energy into it. And what it ends up becoming is like your passion becomes a job, right? Yeah. And then yeah. rather than the other way around, right? And, and so, so one of the things I think that, and it's actually really aligned with, with our mission, right? At, at, at within the book, and then it's sort of broadly, is that we want to, we're passionate about creating the tools that allow you to do that, to basically get outside of your, your own hustle, right? And into a place where you can experience real happiness, profitable happiness, right? As you focus on the thing. So what is it that allows you to have greater clarity and, and greater control, right? And, and more alignment around what you're doing. And so, and, and so that's to me, like the key of figuring out one, how do I take what I'm already doing and then embedding or infusing the things I'm so passionate about and the things that I love. And then two, how do I bring real control, real clarity, right? Real alignment in, in the, in my passion, right? So that it doesn't end up becoming a job for me, or it doesn't end up controlling me. Yeah. You know, and, and yeah, I, go ahead. I, yeah. I, I want to add two thoughts. And one is a, one is a story about how I've, I've messed up here in my early, early post-college days, I spent a lot of time uh, in California climbing rocks and that was what I wanted to do with my life. I, at that point in my life, I thought that's what I was going to do. I didn't like I have any career aspirations, literally at all. Um, by the way, those lack of career aspirations got me my first startup. Um, that's a whole lot. That's a whole lot. <laughs> but the reason I bring it up is because at the time, I was like, if this is going to be my life, then the way that I'm going to make money is I'm going to take people rock climbing and they're going to pay me to do it. And I did that for a few years and it ruined it for me. I stopped climbing for a few years because of it, because I just stopped. It, it became a job to Trevor's point. Yeah. And, and, you know, I mean, I was, you know, early twenties and, and, you know, I think in the same situation now I would have approached it. I would approach it very differently. I think about the work that we do at Techstars. you know, one of the other passions uh, or, you know, with the book with levers with retro cause too. the pat, one of the passions I think Trevor and I both have is for problem solving. And I think mm -hmm. we're both really good at it we get to help people problem solve and feel that impact. Yeah. And it's very different than, you know, you know, taking the, the thing you're doing and turning it into a, to work versus yeah. life and fun. Yeah. yeah, no, no, that, that is so true. In fact, I, I like to talk not just about transferable skills as most people do, but about transferable passion because it's that transferable passion that's the key. Um, you know, just like you've mentioned, I also had this life where at first it was all about music, right? <laughs> but good luck trying to make any money from music these days, right? If, if you're not, uh, you know, okay, we, we, we won't go into the music industry problem, but you understand what I mean. But if you can take music, which is something you love, and make that part of the colorful part 
of your presentation to the world. I mean, come on. There's nobody quite like a Trevor. There's nobody quite like an Amos. There is no Dr. Pillay other than this one, okay? So if we bring our full selves to our businesses, what power? Anyway, on that note, I want to ask you guys, what are you most excited about next? And how can people get a hold of you going forward online? You want to go first, Trevor? Sure. Yeah. What are we excited about? We're excited. Well, the, the book is out. That feels like a really exciting you know, milestone. Yes! Yeah, <laughs> we did it. <laughs> so we're excited. Uh, my, my favorite thing, we're in, only a couple weeks into the launch, and my favorite thing has been getting the, uh, the text messages or the you know, direct messages back of people actually digging into it and saying, yeah. like, here's something I really loved or this, you know, here's, here's an insight that I got. Uh, so, so I look forward to more of that, of just getting to, to dig in with people and say, you know, what, what are you working on? Um, how, how can we help you bring uh, a greater sense of, of control to identify your own levers right, and, and grow your business? So really excited there and, and excited to do more of it. We've got these little, um, they're not little, they're, they're, um, they're, they're substantial, but we also run these coaching courses uh, where we'll combine, we'll come alongside four to five other companies and take them through each part of the framework. And so it's about a month long. Uh, we meet a couple times a week. There's videos that they go through that are based on each part of the book. And then we really go deep right, on each part of the framework. And so I'm, I'm also very excited about those. Um, and so we'll be running those every month, uh, working with companies and, uh, and how they can, they can follow up with us. Leversbook.com is the sort of the place for the book. And uh, you can find us both on, on Twitter or LinkedIn. We're, we're happy to talk. We love hearing from, from business builders. So please reach out. Awesome. I don't, again, I don't know that I could say it any more eloquently than Trevor, but I'll, I'll say it in my words, which is first and foremost, excited to, to continue to get feedback, positive and constructive, about how we're helping you know, founders build their businesses. And you know, selfishly or personally for us, um, how we can do that potentially more hands-on with companies um, through RetroCause. And yeah, you can get in touch with us at leversbook.com. It's the most direct way or LinkedIn or Twitter. We're both really good about responding to, you know, everyone who reaches out to us. Well, we're going to have um, all of those links, uh, you know, the LinkedIn and so on in the show notes. But I just want to say what I'm excited about is post-COVID, dude, are we going to yeah. do like a band are we going to yeah. come together and jam yeah. or what? Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited oh, about that. Trevor's vaccinated. Are you vaccinated? I'm vaccinated, <laughs> dude. <laughs> so we're good. <laughs> so I just want to say it's just been such a pleasure to meet you guys, to learn from you. And I just hope everyone buys your book. And uh, guys, you, you guys rock. Thank you so much for being on my show. Oh, thank you so much for having us, really. This is, and, and a good dude, we're making, I think, a lifelong friend out of this. I can't wait to hang out. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, you, you guys take care. All, All right. right. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Profitable Happiness Podcast. For more episodes, visit drpalay.com. And remember, get happy first and success will follow.